Let's look again at the Christmas story as we find it in Luke chapter 2, page 1591 in your pew Bibles, Luke chapter 2. We'll read verses 8 through 20. feel funny preaching because the children did such a good job already sharing the Christmas story. So now we'll get an old guy's perspective on it. Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Would you join me in prayer? Father God, as we come before you once again, come before your word and the Christmas story that we've heard so many times. We pray that you would make it new to us, renew the story in us so that 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 story can become the story that we tell uh, throughout the rest of this Christmas season and into the new year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dateline, Bethlehem. Reporters for the Bethlehem Press are busy with interviews, scrambling for the next day's headlines. Augustine census dominates the world. Bethlehem natives travel for miles around. Local inns hang no vacancy signs. But outside the village, on a hill, sit a group of dirty shepherds. They're unconcerned with the hustle and bustle of the the village across the valley, peacefully watching their sheep. So which of these scenes would be the best candidate for a world-shattering announcement? For a king to be introduced? To whom would God reveal his word? Well, we know the answer, but why? Why? You know, for Matthew, as we're looking in the morning, his main welcoming party for Jesus, as we'll see on Christmas Day, was the Magi. And you have to ask the question, why? Why the Magi? They're odd characters to be part of Jesus' welcoming committee, and we'll talk about that. For Luke, the odd group is the shepherds. And we have to ask the same question. Why the shepherds as Jesus' welcoming party? Unlike in Old Testament times, 
the shepherds of the first century found themselves toward the bottom level of Jewish society. That hadn't always been the case. Many of the the patriarchs of Israel were shepherds. Abraham, Moses, even David, outside whose hometown they now grazed their sheep. But something had changed. Israel had grown more sophisticated, maybe more urban. And dirty jobs like shepherding had fallen from grace and fallen to lower-class people. And so by the first century, the Jews' list of off-limit jobs for polite society included shepherds prominently. You know, years ago there was a country song. I think it was sung, sung by Willie Nelson. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Anyone remember that? I I would sing it for you, but you don't want to hear that. Well, first century Israel was singing that song about shepherds. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be shepherds. It was not just the character of the job itself, but sort of the character of the shepherds, who had a growing reputation of being thieves and unreliable members of society. In fact, so unreliable, they were even banned from testimony in a court of law. So, why did the angels appear first to shepherds? Well, because as the angels noted, this good news was for all the people. For all the people. Not just for priests in the Jerusalem temple, or kings in their palaces, or census takers in Bethlehem but even for dirty shepherds. The good news revolved around prophecies made long ago that in Bethlehem, a baby would be born who would be Israel's savior. Not politically, as some of them thought. He would save his people from their sin. This would be the long-awaited Messiah, heir to King David's throne, born appropriately in David's city who would establish God's eternal kingdom. So when the angels announce, He is Christ, Messiah, the Lord, even the lowly shepherds knew that the long-awaited Messiah King was here. Although they must have been a little bit puzzled by that other name, Lord, that was reserved for God. Could this child be God himself? That they'd like to see. But how could they? They were in no position to greet the king, much less Messiah. They were at the bottom of the heap. No palace guard would open the gates for them. Then came the angel's sign. He wasn't in a palace. The baby could be found wrapped in rags, lying in a manger. In other words, he'd been born in a sheep cave. I've shown you sheep caves before that are outside in the nice sunlight, but there are some sheep caves that are actually attached to uh, homes in Bethlehem and other little villages, this happens to be in Tekoa, that are almost kind of like a basement or kind of like a a backyard where, where that family would keep their animals. 
So it could have been that Jesus was born in one of these sorts of sheep caves. And then there's that matter of being laid in strips of cloth. Kenneth Bailey, a professor in the Middle East, notes that in the land of Israel, even today, peasants wrap their babies in rags to help them grow straight. Another part of the sign. And then, of course, he was laid in a manger, manger that probably looked something like this. It's carved out of stone. And, of course, that was this feeding trough from which the sheep and goats were fed and always found in sheep caves. So the sign is loud and clear. This baby was born as a lower-class peasant in a sheep cave, no less. The shepherds must have been thinking, he's one of us. He's one of us. So they rushed off to see this child Maybe they even knew where to find this sheep cave. Maybe they had used it before. Maybe it was one attached to their homes or one of their friends' homes. And they found Jesus just as the angel had said. With their own eyes, they saw Emmanuel, God with us. With us in poverty. With us in lower class standing. With us in a sheep cave. So it was... The shepherds, the most unlikely of all people that were Jesus' welcoming committee. Or were they the most logical of all people? For Jesus himself would take on their lowly designation. Later in John 10, Jesus called himself the good shepherd. Even said he would lay down his life for his sheep. Who was his flock? Outcasts. Like fishermen who became disciples. Tax collectors. Prostitutes. Maybe even some shepherds. and Each one of us if we're followers of him. So the shepherds welcomed their shepherd. But having welcomed the word made flesh... They could not help but also spread the word. Didn't matter that their witness wouldn't hold up in a court of law. They told others all the way glorifying and praising God. And all who heard it, we read, were amazed. And we stand amazed at Christmas. I hope we never lose that wonder. I hope we never lose that amazement. I hope we never lose that childlike enthusiasm that we saw this evening and that we often see in our Christmas parties with our children and grandchildren. We've received the word of the angels. We've seen the sign, God with us in poverty. God with us in being despised by the world. Jesus was God with us in temptation. He was God with us in suffering. Even God with us in death. We've received a word and a sign that should get us running to this child, as did the shepherds. He is one of us. And so at Christmas, amid the carolers and tinseled trees, the crowded malls and department store Santas, we of all people have the right to say, he's one of us. But not only the right to say it, we also, along with the shepherds, have the responsibility 
to welcome and spread the word to others. To those who have not yet stood amazed at the child born in the sheep cave in Bethlehem. Will we, as the, as the children reminded us, go and tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for coming, for humbling yourself to live among us, to die for us. Also, that you can be our shepherd. Now we pray that we might help shepherd our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, that we might help shepherd others and lead them to the manger where they may discover the Christ child and that he is one of us. We thank you for that promise, a promise that, that ultimately will result in our salvation if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and to come into relationship with the Christ child. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's respond by singing as the angels did in praise to God. Angels from the realms of glory, it's number 81, and lift up your hearts. We're going to be singing verses 1, 2, and 4. Let's stand to sing. <laughs>